Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin. Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Well, hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's February 1. Wow, we got here. And it hasn't been that bad a winter, actually. Not where we're living anyway. I think I'm living in a really sweet spot. How about you? Well, we had a really deep freeze snap for about a week. Yep. You know, polar vortex. But once that passed, you know, it really wasn't too bad. Yeah, we I'm predicting we were supposed to get a lot more snow than we did, which we didn't. So yeah. Yeah. I can handle that. I think that the weathermen, you know, today, they're they're like alarming people. I mean, we would we would yeah. never be stopping school on the we might get a big storm now yeah. they, they stay away for the week because they might get something that never happened, <laughs> never happened. They, this alarmist attitude is taking prevalent and it's it's really silly well um, having grown up in upstate new york where we got lots of snow all the time i'm perfectly willing to go and forego it at this point <laughs> me too me too. <laughs> although i do still like to have the seasons yes yeah well, we got some good movies to review. We, yeah, we sure do. I mean, this was a, a pretty substantive month in terms of releases. Now, I, I should probably let viewers and, and listeners know that the material that we're we're looking at this month is maybe a little bit heavier than we typically do. I mean, we've got six fairly substantial films here, but they're all really good. So, I mean, you know, I think, you know, if you give them a shot, you'll really enjoy them. So agreed. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me start sharing my screen here for a moment. Okay. So our our first film is a, an independent film that's um, <laughs> been playing in theaters and kind of limited release. It's probably going to be coming to streaming sometime soon called Memory. And this tells the story of a, a woman who's a, a middle-aged uh, recovering alcoholic who had a very troubled past. And she's, you know, managing to pull things together, but she doesn't have much of a social life. And uh, one night she goes to her high school reunion and seems a little bit, you know, put off by things that are going on there, decides to leave. And when she does leave, she's followed home by one of her former classmates who's almost like stalking her. She's a little bit unnerved by that. But when she finds out later, um, she discovers that he didn't know why he followed her to begin with because he's suffering from early onset dementia. So she has, um, you know, some compassion for him. She's a caretaker, so that kind of comes naturally to her. But in the course of getting to know him better, she comes upon a realization that he may, may very well have been responsible for sexually abusing her as a teenager. The only problem with that is she finds out when talking to her sister that the two of them didn't go to high school together at the same time. So all of a sudden now she's faced with well, where am I getting this memory from? Uh, and she goes to apologize to him, and he's actually surprisingly graciously forgiving because as someone who's suffering from dementia, he knows what it's like to have memory issues. 
So the two of them start to get to know each other. And it, it leads to a very interesting story of uh, healing and uh, some budding romance between the two of them. Because she was at a point where she had issues that because of her blocked memory, she obviously wasn't dealing with. Uh, and she needed somebody to help her work through that. Well, you know, he might not have seen to a lot of people to be the first choice for that. But given the fact that he's in, you know, somewhat comparable circumstances, it enables him to work with her and, you know, get on with her life. Memory is so funny. It really is. And that's one of the things that this movie, you know, really stresses. It, you, it gets across the idea that memories, in a sense, are actually a form of belief. And if you end up buying into a particular belief and it may not be exactly what happened, it's hard to shake it. And you fill in the gaps with the, yes. with the fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I, I was sure, 150% sure that my mother worked at this company yeah. that I thought she worked at in marketing as, as a director. And my dad goes, she never worked. I go, yeah, she did. Of course she did. <laughs> I was 100 positive she worked. And he maybe his memory was gone and mine was good. I don't know. But somebody <laughs> wasn't remembering the same stuff. That is so weird. But I was like three or four years old. But I, I remember because we had somebody look after us. I go, well, where did she go then? If she wants to know. Well, it's interesting in this film too, because the false accusation like really pushes her to have to deal with what's really been bothering her all these years. Yeah. What caused her to turn to drinking? What caused her to turn to a lot of, you know, sort of self-destructive behavior. Uh, and interestingly enough, it ends up coming from a person who is himself, quote unquote, damaged in a certain way. Um, but, you know, it's almost like a, a form of homeopathic therapy. Where yeah. Like cures like in yeah. these things. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Um, now, the first half of this movie is a little bit on the slow side, but it really picks up in the second half and really presents a, a very engaging and nuanced story involving what's going on with each of them and how they're able to help each other in ways that they hadn't expected when you go back to the incident where they first met each other walking home from the reunion. Jessica Chastain, is, she's always one of my favorites. Always, always. I love what she does. Yeah, and I really like the fact that she's always willing to take on roles that might not necessarily seem like a typical Jessica Chastain role. Yeah. But ends up pulling it off with, you know, a tremendous performance. And as it, as it turns out, she's been nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for Best Lead Performance for this film. Nice. nice. Um, she's nicely backed here also by Peter Sarsgaard, who has always been somewhat underrated yeah, this is probably, I would say, one of the best performances he's ever given. The two of them working together is a really strong combination. So, um, this is a this is a good film. Um, it may take a little bit of an effort to find it, but I'm sure, as I said, it'll be probably coming to streaming pretty soon. Yeah. Um. So you know, give it a look, um, and give it a little time to develop too, because you're going to find out that. Um, it really is in the second half when it starts to take off more. So, you know, cut it a little bit of slack. And I think you'll find that this is a, a worthwhile story. And I'm going to give it three and a half. Okay. So next we have another interesting film that's, um, it's a documentary called Beyond Utopia, which tells the story of what it's like for people living in North Korea who are trying to escape the regime there. 
And this is a, a very um, telling picture in terms of exactly what the would-be defectors have to go through to get out of the country, given the fact that the uh, demilitarized zone between North and South Korea is so heavily landmine-laden they actually have to go north into China first and then move through several other adjoining you know, Asian countries to escape. What this film does is it tells the stories of some people who have successfully managed to get away and also follows the stories of several defectors as they're in the process of escaping. There's no reenactments here. This is all firsthand on the ground footage showing exactly the ordeals it's that they scary. have to go through. Um, and in between, the film also includes a number of um, insights from people who've escaped talking about what it's like to live in North Korea involving issues that probably a lot of Westerners aren't even familiar with, yeah. uh, which proved to be incredibly eye-opening in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the the difficulties and the torture. and uh, It's brutal. It's, uh, yeah, it really is. I mean, the UN even did a human rights study about North Korea and said that it's probably the worst country on the planet from that standpoint. And a lot of their tactics, they say, are on par with Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, I mean, it's worse than Nazi yeah. Germany. And, and then you've got the surrounding countries. you got China and, and, and you know, Thailand and Laos and and they don't have any compunction about turning people in. They're going to get a little bit of money yeah. and it's not about human rights with them. It's just, they know that they're going to go back and be killed or they're going to go back and be put in a camp where they wish they had been killed and yes. really beaten. But they don't. And a lot of the people who, when they're leaving, even after out, they're outside the country, they're still brainwashed about what they've been told and taught about their homeland in terms of it being, as the title implies, a form of utopia. Well, I mean, if that's utopia, <laughs> yeah. I, don't want, I certainly wouldn't want to live there. I mean, yeah. and 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 you know, this pastor Kim, who's an absolute saint, um, you know, he saved over a thousand people, which is absolutely incredible because he he goes back and he help he literally goes and does it again and again and again, which which really is amazing. And his wife had been a defector, so that was kind of interesting to find that out too. And after his son died, um, I, I can't remember how he died. I think he had a disease or something. He died. And after he died, he decided he would commit to saving more lives. Yes. In North Korea. So he's actually got a website up and people can go there and donate or volunteer, um, which I think is, you know, kind of beautiful. It's definitely a, a worthwhile cause because, I mean, these people are really suffering. I mean, for, for everything that you hear about the so-called atrocities occurring in like some of the Middle Eastern countries, they pale in comparison to what's going on in North Korea. And because it's such an isolated country, people in the West typically don't find out very much about what's going on because a lot of times people don't make it. Or if they do, they still keep kind of a low profile once they're free because you know, you never know when agents are going to come along and try and take them back and put them into the kind of detention that they feel they, you know, they should they should deserve for defecting like that. And you talk about brainwashed from the youngest of age yeah. to hate Americans. They're taught Americans are just going to kill them as soon as they see them on site. They're taught so much garbage and and this 
and, and just the brutality to their bodies, to their minds, to everything. And then you look at all of this and you have Mr. Donald Trump going, my good friend. And he loves, he loves Sonia Kim. He yeah. loves it. He thinks he's like, you know, my great friend and would love to uh, probably copy him in many regards. So yeah, it's it's really a, it's really a, a brutal regime in so many ways. And even the people, you know, when they're trying to get out and acting in good faith, they have to work with people they call brokers to help try and arrange their escape. And you never know what you're going to get with a broker. I mean, it could very well be some fly by night operation who's just going to take your money. Or, you know, there are some that are legitimate that help people out. But, you know, it's it's taking a chance, even with trying to pursue an avenue to make your escape, you know, that you can, can you really trust who you're dealing with, you know. So this is a this is a really powerful documentary. You have to watch it. You have yeah, to it, you yeah, have it's, to. it's probably one of the best films I've seen about North Korea. There have been other ones, but this one really brings it home, especially since when it's, you know, following the stories of the defectors who are escaping. Yeah, it's all it's all firsthand. It's not cut. It's not reenacted. Got a family with an 80 year old grandmother and two little girls. Maybe one's like five, one maybe eight. You know, so you got grandma trekking through forest and jungle. You got her climbing up mountains. You got her do amazing the what she went there and she didn't even want to leave. She thought, yeah, it was- she basically said she just wanted to be with her family. I mean, she really still sees uh Kim Jong un as a, as a great man, and and yeah, you know, and you talk about brainwashing, they know? they they carry cyanide pills with them just in case they're caught. Yep. They'd rather die than be put through the torture that they know is going to come to them. But you know, this is uh, this is kind of a disturbing film, but it's it's you know, very powerful. It's worth knowing. It's worth educating yourself about. It's nominated for a BAFTA award for best documentary feature. I'm a little surprised it wasn't more widely recognized in some of the other award competitions, but uh, this is really a really powerful and impactful film. And I recommend it highly. I'm going to give this one four stars. Yeah. I, you know what? I I go higher, (laughs) but that's okay. I would go higher. And and I think that really honest to God, you guys, you got to watch this movie. You got to watch this film. And I tried to get a hold of the director, Brent. I've tried to find her email. I tried to, she, she, she doesn't put her contact information out there at all. And maybe that's on purpose. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, considering, you know, what she might face for making yeah. a film like this. She probably... That film we did on Nazareth, you know, where the, everybody in the country was like giving, you know, the, the footage outside of the country, but not nothing near as, yeah. Is this one? Yeah. So give this one a look. It's it's definitely worth it. So in in, in contrast <laughs> to people who are trying to get out, we have a film here with people who are trying to get in. Oh, uh, uh, we have Upon Entry, which is a, another independent film. Um, this is airing currently on the Tubi TV streaming service. Um, this tells the story of a couple from Spain that's looking to um, immigrate to the U.S. They followed all the rules and all the protocols. They have all the proper visas. You know, I mean, they've they've done everything that they're supposed to. And yet when they arrive in the U.S., they get subjected to some incredible scrutiny and questioning about, well, what are you really doing here? I mean, is this a legitimate immigration or is there some kind of scam going on? And they're completely 
baffled by all this because they said, hey, we did everything we were supposed to do. Why are we being detained? And this is a, you know, it's a a movie that in many ways is almost like, almost like a stage play because it's got, you know, limited sets and, you know, limited scenery and all that sort of thing. And yet this is as gripping as any kind of action adventure film in terms of the scrutiny that they're put through when they see themselves as being perfectly innocent in terms of trying to carry out what they're trying to do. Uh, it's very well written. It's very well acted. Yeah, uh, It's the kind of film that you're on the edge of your seat a lot because you don't really know where the customs agents are go are coming from in terms of why are they doing this? Why are they, you know, they were abusive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing that's really kind of disturbing even more than that is the fact that, this kind of thing goes on more than most most people are aware. Yeah, I mean, can, can I have some water? No, sit down. Can I go to the bathroom? No, sit down. You know, like they couldn't have their phone, they couldn't have water, they couldn't go to the bathroom, they couldn't do anything. And what I found extremely abusive was when the agent said, "Show me that you can dance." Yes. Was, yeah. Like gender, you know, abuse. Well, and on top of that, you know, you've got people here who. Um, like I say, you know, they, they always talk so much about the, the, the illegals trying to sneak in and how you know terrible that is. But here you've got people who have followed the rules to just about to the letter. I mean, they may not have, you know, dotted a few I's or crossed a couple of T's, but basically they have done everything they're supposed to do. And not only does it question their intents, but it starts to affect the relationship of this couple. And I mean, it almost starts to threaten to pull them apart just because the government is trying to test the water to see how far can we push. Do you these really people. love her? Do you really love her? Do you really love her? Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I I looked at that and I thought, you know what? Maybe four years ago, she didn't think about coming to the United States. But all of us get a partner, you meet somebody and then new dreams happen. And yeah. I'm going to say that you can't have a new dream. And together, you come up with a new idea and go, hey, that'd be really cool to go there, wouldn't it? Oh, I love traveling. Yeah, let's go there. Let's see if we can immigrate. But the, the customs agents are like, well, don't you want to be near your family? What if you have children? What's going to happen? Yeah. Lots of people live apart from their families. Yeah. And they go around the world and live in different countries. But they make it seem like it's sinister. And, exactly. and wrong with it. Yeah, it was, that was brutal. That was yeah, is this, is this a Is this a, uh, a, an initiative of convenience as much as anything? Well- no, I mean, <laughs> they're telling you the truth and you're still not believing them. I mean, yeah. and I don't know what flagged them in the beginning. I guess it was his almost marriage. Like, so what? Lots of people yeah. have almost get married and then they call it off, right? Then you get a new partner. So what? This is um, this is an interesting um, offering from, from Tubi TV because I've never really watched it very much. Yeah. Uh, and yet... Uh, this is a, essentially an original film that they're presenting, and uh, it is show, it is shown with commercials. I mean, 2B TV does have commercials in it, but the thing is, it's it's so well made. I mean, this yeah. is a, this is a film that's um, it's picked up three Independent Spirit Award nominations, and very deservedly so. I mean, uh, the directors and writers here really have shown some pretty uh impressive chops in terms of what they've put together with this film that the actor the woman was phenomenal yes like she yes. just really just to the t 
And she really, she really was an amazing actor, amazing actor. And to well, me, actually, I, actually, I thought, the, I thought the whole ensemble was really yeah, good. Because yeah. You've essentially only got like four characters in the film, but I mean, uh, the agents were both brutal in terms of you know yeah. how direct and invasive they were with their questioning, yeah. and they really pulled that off well. How many times a week do you have intercourse? Yeah. Why do you have somebody trying to come in your country that like what does that have to do with the price of apples? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then you had the one agent who kept trying to, you know, say, well, with my relatives, this happened and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you know, how do we know that you're not trying to do the same thing here? Uh, yeah. And, well, OK, that's them. That's not that's not her. You know, this couple. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's great. And I'm sure it's that's what happens. I'm sure. But, you know, I I, I was coming back from the U.S. Uh, trying to get my um, uh, my social insurance card renewed or find it because I had one when I was younger and I lived in the US and I was in the car with my two grand baby grandkids uh, who were twins and, and my daughter-in-law and they took us out of the car took the kids out of the car in their car they were like two months old out of the car seats went through the whole car I'm like what we were leaving the country like what what's going on here what do you want they wouldn't tell us what they're looking yeah. for nothing nothing practically strip searched us in it because I went to get my social insurance number again. Like weird. Like who knows why they do stuff? You don't know. So this is this is a pretty impressive offering from 2B TV. I'm interested to see what they do with with other movies going forward. Because... Like Beverly Hillbillies. I thought it was like old stuff that they just yeah. yeah. But this was a really good. This was really really good. This so was... this one, I'm giving this one um, four stars as well. I mean, it's it's really very well made, and and the one thing that audiences will probably really appreciate is if you get Tubi, you can watch this for free. Yes, <laughs> it's a commercial, but it, wasn't, it didn't seem that bad. No, I go to the bathroom. Yeah, potty <laughs> <laughs> time, as we like, as we talked about before. We need as we get a little bit. <laughs> All right. Okay, so next we we move on to a film that is uh this is kind of a wild one. Um it's a German film called The Teacher's Lounge, which basically is kind of a satire and social commentary about our society these days and how things can rapidly spin way out of control very quickly from seemingly small innocent incidents. It tells the story of a, a young teacher who works at a German middle school who finds that somebody has been um, stealing money from her jacket pocket when she wasn't looking. So she ends up taking steps to try and find out who is responsible for it, seems to catch who's responsible. Uh, and she wants to, you know, try and resolve it actually on fairly civil terms. But before you know it, that opens a whole can of worms that spirals out of control in so many different ways involving a whole bunch of issues that don't relate exactly to the initial incident to begin with. And, you know, here she's the one who's been victimized and she's having trouble getting justice for what happened to her while everybody else is screaming, my rights are being violated, my political correctness is getting in the way, you know, all that kind of thing. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those things that you you're watching it and saying, this is absurd, but when you hear some of the stories that come out in the media, I mean, it's not that far off from the truth. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's, it, it, 
it speaks to a rather insanely out of proportion, out of control world. Um, we do. And, yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing too, is that uh, there are some things that are included that seem fairly outrageous, but actually end up being, you know, kind of funny. You know, you have a sort of dark um, comic relief aspect that's playing into this story. Um, this is, this is a wild one. I mean, I, I was not expecting what happened when I went to see this. Uh, and it, it really is, you know, a, a worthwhile one worth watching. In many ways, it reminds me very much of the uh, the Dream Scenario movie that came out with Nicolas Cage a few months yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, um, it's been getting a fair amount of play in uh, awards competitions. It's nominated for an Oscar for Best International Film, deservedly so. Um, it may take a little bit of searching to find this one because it's primarily playing in uh, limited release at art house theaters. But if you've got one of those nearby and they're showing this, by all means, go see it. I mean, you know, you'll 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 come away from it probably shaking your head, but you'll really you know get a, in, some enjoyment out of it. And I would give this one again four out of five. All right. Okay, so next, uh, this is probably the most difficult watch in the bunch, the zone of interest. I couldn't find it, um, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, and, uh, essentially, this is a story about the, the commandant who runs Auschwitz during World War II, and he's trying to keep a fairly normal life for his family even though his household compound is right next door to the camp itself. And it's just very telling in terms of seeing um, the indifference that a lot of people had toward what was going on. Uh, and the film never really gets graphic in terms of depicting anything that went on in the camp, but you see the fallout and the aftermath of it. And you, and then you also see the indifference of these family members toward what's happening right next door, and it's very chilling yeah. and very spooky. I mean, it's in terms of making its point and getting its message across. This is probably one of the most affecting films about the Holocaust that I've ever seen. I mean, I like this even better than. Sophie's Choice and Schindler's List and, and some of the other ones that are probably better well-known because this one really makes its point and leaves you leaving the theater with a very uneasy feeling in your stomach. And you that, should have an easy feeling. Yes. If you're still of this world, you know? And I, I when I was in Poland and we went to the concentration camp there and I saw the commandant's house and you think, yeah, it's like in his backyard, they're gassing people in your backyard. Yeah. They're beating them, they're starving them, they're putting them to work, they're burning them. Like all of that is happening, like 20 feet away or so, but, you know, a tree. And there it is. And you think, how can people, you know, how can people live like that? How The people in the neighborhood, how could they just accept this? Like it, it's beyond the imagination how they could treat people like, Worse than animals. Worse than well, animals. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, in this in this case, you have the film with the commandant's wife, who's sort of like, you know, bragging about all the furs that she got that were taken from the people who went to the camp. 
um, you see a scene where uh, a couple of their kids are playing and they're playing with extracted gold teeth. I mean, you know, I mean, there's, there's nothing really gratuitous or graphic about that, but when you realize the implications of yeah. what's behind what's being depicted here, it just really shakes you to your core. It's the kind of film that you have a really hard time putting out of your mind when you leave the theater. I saw this with my partner, and he almost had to get up and leave the theater. It yeah. was it was affecting him that much. Um, um, but you know, it's again one of those films that has to be seen. You know, it's the message has to be gotten across. Um, even hard to watch. When, it's hard to watch them. It's very hard to watch. I won't deny that one bit. But I mean, in, in terms of the accolades that it's received, it's deserving of every last one of them because it really makes its point. And it does so in a way that just like cuts through right to your soul. I mean, um, you know, it's it's hard recommending a movie that's difficult to watch. But by the same token, you know, you can't turn your back on something like this either. And, you know, think of the climate right now because there's so many people against the Jews because of what's happening in the Gaza. And, and you know, here you have a movie and they're saying that the Jews are you know, doing the Holocaust back to the Palestinians and, you know, who even knows what's, yeah. you know, but you watch something like that and, and you think, wow. This film is also in many ways an echo of um, the work that was done by uh, journalist and political philosopher Hannah Arendt when she covered the Eichmann trial in Israel in the 60s, where she spoke about Eichmann's attitude of what she called the banality of evil, where you have people who are doing these things and saying, well, I was just following orders. I was just doing my job. Yeah. I mean, how can you realistically take an attitude like that and feel like you can just get off a hook from saying yeah. something like that? It's my job. Um, you, you see that very clearly here in terms of uh, the way the story is played out. I mean, there's one sequence, too, and this one is another one that's kind of chilling where where the commandant is meeting with some contractors in terms of them discussing how to make the camp more efficient in terms of what they're doing. Or they can kill it at a time. Yeah. And they talk about it in a very matter-of-fact tone, like, oh, well, if we do this, we can do that, and if we do that, we can do this. And it's just... I mean, jaw-dropping in terms of the impact. And and when you think of that of that guy who said, you know, it was my job, and then you think of, of you know, the um, the minister in in, in um, South Korea who saved all those people. Yeah, he puts his life on the line every day to bring people out of North. Yes, you know, it's not his job. Yeah, exactly. But he does. Exactly. So this one, this is another four-star offering. There are there are a few points in the movie where the picture gets a little detracted in terms of its focus, but overall, um, you know, it it really kind of presents rather than presenting like a a, a narrative storyline, it it kind of presents you with a series of incidents, mm. family showing how they reacted to what was going on, and, and that's important to remember because it's. It, so pervasive and uh, takes so many different forms. So in light of that, I did save the best for last year. 
<laughs> considering all the heaviness involved in the other films. Uh, this one is, I mean, rather substantive as well, but in a really good way. And that's All of Us Strangers. And this is a positively beautiful film in so many regards. This is a film that talks about the power of love and the impact it can have in terms of helping people to change their lives, turn them around, and also to help others as a result of it. In many ways, it's sort of like um, uh, some of the messages involved in memory, but only on steroids. You know, it's it's that much more prominent. Uh, it follows the story of uh, a gay London um, screenwriter who's kind of lonely, he's been estranged from his parents for a long time. Um, and he ends up meeting a neighbor with whom, uh, who, you know, has an interest in him romantically. And he's not quite sure what to do about it because he's been by himself for so long. He's become very accustomed to being by himself. Um, so he ends up having a series of meetings with his parents who he hasn't seen for a while. And I want to be really careful not to put any spoilers in this one. Yes. It could be easy to do that and spoil it for viewers, but I won't do that. But he ends up having an involvement with them, which helps him heal the fact that they've been apart for so long and that they've been able to reconnect and show a healing sort of love for one another. And they're trying to say, look, take what you've learned here and apply it to your relationship because not only will it benefit you, but it will benefit him too, because he's also had a troubled past that he's trying to recover from. And just the way the whole thing plays out is just so beautifully done. The gorgeous cinematography, beautiful music, very obviously loving characters, um, a script that I can tell you from as a gay man is extremely authentic in terms of the way it's told, the dialogue, the situations, everything about it. Um, the one thing I also liked about this film is that even though you're dealing with gay characters in this film, it's really not about their sexuality. That's sort of almost incidental. It's really a film that has to do more with the power of love and how it can be used in so many different ways to find companionship, to heal yourself, to get over the past, to help you help others. Um, it's a message that is just, to me, so powerful and so strong and one that we really need today that whether you're dealing with gay characters or not is almost irrelevant. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things I found really so striking about this picture. And I should also add, if you see the trailer for this, it's probably not going to be giving you a really clear indication of what this movie is about until you actually start watching it. Because I found that when I was watching, and I didn't really know that much about it when I went to the theater. I was like, gosh, this is nothing of what I expected from when I saw the, the trailer for it, uh, which probably is something that made me like it even more. I mean, you know, it, it really hits home and leaves quite an impact on you. And definitely take the handkerchiefs with you because you're going to need them. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's that kind of moving of a story. Um, it's been... You know, picking up some accolades during an award season. But one of the things that absolutely shocked me is it did not get nominated for a single Oscar. 
Yeah. I mean, that was the reaction I had the day when I saw the Oscar awards announcement. I'm like, where is all of us strangers? Why isn't this up for at least a half a dozen different things? And it didn't get anything. And I was really pretty annoyed with that because it really deserves it. Um, and this ended up being this ended up being number two on my list of films for 2020. Yeah, would have been on your list of Oscar. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So um I recommend this one extremely highly, and I'm gonna give this one four and a half. All right. I'm seeing it pretty close to five. I mean, it's it's a movie that's virtually just about perfect in almost every regard. And I haven't been able to say that about a movie in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Great movies. Yeah. I mean, uh, I recommend them all highly. Now, just a couple of little things I wanted to throw in on on to close. Um, I recently published blogs showing my best, worst, and documentary choices for 2023. They're uh, they're on my website, www.brentmarchant.com. There's also links on the the Good Media Network uh, Movies with Meaning page. Um, and check them out. I mean, probably yeah. a lot of people aren't going to agree with some of the stuff I came up with, but you know, I'm willing to respect them. Give a bit of criteria too. Me. Maybe you should explain. I mean, you probably don't see a lot of mainstream movies done here. Um, um you have a little it's, bit. Of it's, it's sort of a mix. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of half and half. I mean, there there's certain kinds of movies you're probably not going to see. You're not going to see a lot of animation. You're not going to see a lot of. Um, out and out action adventure movies, you know, unless they've got some kind of deeper meaning going on with them. Uh, you'll see virtually no horror films. Yeah. Um, except, you know. for, except for the one that you did. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one that I actually actually discovered sort of by accident while channel surfing. And I thought, gosh, this is bloody disgusting. I mean, <laughs> um. But, you know, the thing is, I mean, I've, I've always felt in doing the Movies with Meaning segment on the Good Media Network website is the fact that I'm trying to talk about movies that are offering viewers something more than just a good story. I'm really looking for films that both entertain and enlighten. Mm-hmm. And that's not always an easy combination to come by, especially in mainstream films. But you know, when they do come out, I really feel they need to be celebrated. Then there are others that proclaim to try and do that sort of thing and end up, you know, falling flat in in many ways. And I know that there are some on my worst list that people are going to take real issue with, but they are, some of them are hard to find. Some of them are, you know, you have to make an effort to watch them, Um, but they're worthwhile. Yeah, Yeah, and the thing is, you know, there are there are websites that you can go to now to check out where you can stream them. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one that I often rely on is called Just Watch. Yeah. And I mean, just you just enter the the movie title into the search field um, and click on that and click on the country that you're in. And that'll tell you what sources, you know, are available for streaming and then even give you pricing and availability whether you want to uh, rent it or buy it, you know, I mean, they, yeah. they give you a lot of information and, and it's a few clicks. I mean, it's not yeah. like you're really yeah. having to go to any terribly great effort for that. So yeah. I, um, and I think it's, I think it's nice that, you know, I mean, 
personally, I love foreign film. I, it doesn't bother me to watch with a subtitle. Yeah. Um, I, I think they have a different point of view. They have a different perspective on life. You see a different, uh, and, and it doesn't follow the same formula as, as you know, a movie you might find in the United States. Well, exactly. I mean, a lot of American films, unfortunately, have started falling back on franchises and sequels and remakes and all that kind of stuff. Why did Willy Wonka back out? Like, I just don't get it. It's the third time. I <laughs> yeah, mean, I don't get it. You know, I don't get that either. But so, um, I have a new idea. Yeah, I would say, you know, give these give these movies a shot. Um, some of them might not be available right away. Some might take a little longer to get into the marketplace. Because I see a lot of foreign films uh, and a lot of documentaries at film festivals. And a lot of times those movies will come out long before at the festivals than they do in general distribution. So sometimes you just have to have a little bit of patience to wait for them to come around. So Now, if you can't find a movie, I'm going to recommend a show on Netflix I've been enjoying so much, and that's Loudermouth. Have you watched it? No. No, no I, I've I've kind of given up on watching a lot of series television. The reason being for that, <laughs> very simply, is that no sooner do I seem to take an interest in something when it gets canceled. I know. I you know? because the shows that I really like, they usually go. This, but yeah. at least there's three seasons out on this, and it it's hilarious. He's very acerbic wit, and it's well written. Uh, Rob Rob Livingston is the lead, and he's a great actor, and it's it's just really funny. I really, you know, I, I really wish that some of these um, studios and distribution companies would give these shows more of a chance yes. to find an audience. I mean, it's especially hard these days, given how many more sources of programming that are out there than there used to be at one time. And when you when you had three networks, OK, I mean, you didn't have a whole lot of choice there. But now, like, considering all the streaming services and everything and. Yeah, I mean, they. And it's always the ones I really, really like. That, yeah. And it just drives me insane. And, and it just says, does that mean you don't think that, but there is an audience. I know that there's an audience for yeah. it. It's really good work. It's just, it's not maybe the audience they want to have it. I don't know what it is, but. Um, it's, it's kind of ironic for me because actually when I was younger, I actually preferred TV to movies. Yeah. And I watched a lot of TV, but it, then again, there were fewer viewers, viewing choices. So, I mean, yeah. My my attention wasn't as widely scattered as it would be if I were trying to follow yeah. television I mean, TV shows on regular TV. I I can't watch them anymore. They're just too yeah. But this is a really <laughs> good show, and I don't think it was ever on mainstream. I think it must have been on some kind of a you know like an HBO channel or something like that. Um, and now it's on Netflix, and and it, it's just a really fun show. Well, um, the thing with the streaming services is they can get away with more. Yeah. than network television can. I mean, and I, I kind of, you know, in this day and age, I mean, I think they really should like kind of loosen the restrictions on broadcast TV because look, come on, it's a different time than it was in the 1950s. Yeah. You don't have to keep, you know, putting these restrictions on them that they've been doing. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, so, we, I mean, people don't sleep in two beds. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the, the only... Uh, I, mean, I would say that probably the only serious television that I watch routinely these days is, I mean, I'm a very big Star Trek fan. I really love Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I mean, it's phenomenal in so many ways. Um, and I hope that they don't 
cancel it anytime soon because I really like watching the episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so one, one, one last thing I wanted to say before we close is uh, I wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners and viewers who helped to make Frankie Sense and More have a big audience jump in 2023. A 25% increase in audience. That's impressive. I'm really very happy with that and really want to say thank you. I know you've done that already too, but I feel like I need to add my two cents in that because- and, and, and it's not just from the United States, it's global, yeah. which is really yeah. cool. So thank you. I guess, uh, I guess they think we have something to say, so. <laughs> There you go. And I'll take that. I'm really happy that you know we're we're reviewing their movies in front yeah. of movies because you know I mean I think we really have been around the world um, from Finland to France to Germany to Japan like I mean we we've, we've done the gamut so um, I think people like that that Korea uh, you know we've seen a lot of Korea actually last night when I was watching the documentary um, and I said oh I got to do something you know I, I got to join you know, um, Kalos mission and, and all of a sudden my husband, because I think you're coming back as a Korean in your next life. Cause I, I watch Korean <laughs> all the time. Uh, but I just enjoy it. I enjoy their, their, uh, gentility, I guess maybe that's what it is. Well, and they're, they produce really good they, films also. Do. I mean, when you think about it, the first foreign film ever to win the best picture awards from South Korea. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, who would have expected that? I mean, given the the cinematic traditions of places from Europe and so forth, you think, oh yeah, an Italian film or a French film or whatever, they're going to come out on top in that category first. No, it was South Korea. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, so thank you for watching. Please continue to watch and enjoy these movies. I think that there is something here for everybody and they are worth that little extra effort. And the, the ones that we reviewed today, really go and watch those ones. They're oh, absolutely. Just yeah. like we're the best crop of the crop, I think, you know. And, and you know, that, that kind of brings us to the end of most of the releases that came out during award season. So we'll be talking about some new ones next time. We'll also be looking at the Oscars next time, too. All right. Let people Take know care, everybody. For that. Take care. Bye. Stop recording.